This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Tamaril from GodboxCafe.com. Le Mort d'Arthur, Volume 1, by Sir Thomas Mallory. Book 9, Chapters 40 to 44. Now leave we off this tale, and speak we of Sir Dinis that had within the castle a paramour, and she loved another knight better than him. And so when Sir Dinis went out a-hunting, she slipped down by a towel, and took with her two brackets, and so she yede to the knight that she loved, and he her again. And when Sir Dinis came home and missed his paramour and his brackets, then was he the more rother for his brackets than for the lady. So then he rode after the knight that had his paramour, and bade him turn and joust. So Sir Dinis smote him down, that with the fall he brake his leg and his arm, and then his lady and paramour cried, Sir Dinis mercy, and said she would love him better than ever she did. Nay, said Sir Dinis, I shall never trust them that once betrayed me, and therefore, as ye have begun, so end for I will never meddle with you. And so Sir Dinis departed, and took his brackets with him, and so rode to his castle. Now will we turn unto Sir Launcelot, that was right heavy that he could never hear no tidings of Sir Tristram, for all this while he was in prison with Sir Darius, Palomides, and Dinadin. Then Dame Bragwaine took her leave to go into Cornwall, and Sir Launcelot, Sir Kay, and Sir Gaheris rode to see Sir Tristram, in the country of Sir Luce. Now speaketh this tale of Sir Tristram and of his two fellows, for every day Sir Palomides brawled and said language against Sir Tristram. I marvel, said Sir Dinadin, of thee, Sir Palomides, and thou hadst Sir Tristram here thou wouldst do no harm, for an a wolf and a sheep were together in a prison, the wolf would suffer the sheep to be in peace. And wit thou well, said Sir Dinadin, the sheep to be in peace. And wit thou well, said Sir Dinadin, this same is Sir Tristram at a word, and now must do thy best with him, and let's see now if ye can skift it with your hands. Then was Sir Palamides abashed, and said little. Sir Palamides, then said Sir Tristram, I have heard much of your maugre against me, but I will not meddle with you as at this time by my will, because I dread the lord of this place that hath us in governance. For an I dread him not more than I do thee, soon it should be skift. So they peaced themselves. Right so came in a damsel, and said, Knights, be of good cheer, for ye are sure of your lives, and that I heard say my lord Sir Darius. Then were they glad, all three, for daily they weaned, they should have died. Then soon after this Sir Tristram fell sick, that he weened to have died. Then Sir Dinadin wept, and so did Sir Palamides under them both making great sorrow. So a damsel came in to them, and found them mourning. Then she went unto Sir Darius, and told him how that mighty knight that bare the black shield was likely to die. That shall not be, said Sir Darius, for God defend when knights come to me for succor that I should suffer them to die within my prison. Therefore, said Sir Darius to the damsel, fetch that knight and his fellows afore me. 
And then anon Sir Darius saw Sir Tristram brought afore him. He said, Sir Knight, me repenteth of thy sickness, for thou art called a full noble knight, and so it seemeth by thee. And wit ye well, it shall never be said, that Sir Darius shall destroy such a noble knight as thou art in prison. How be it that thou hast slain three of my sons, whereby I was greatly aggrieved? But now shalt thou go and thy fellows, and your harness and horses have been fair and clean kept, and ye shall go where it liketh you, upon this covenant that thou, knight, wilt promise me to be good friend to my sons too that be now alive, and also that thou tell me thy name. Sir, said he, as for me, my name is Sir Tristram de Leones, and in Cornwall was I born, and nephew I am unto King Mark. And as for the death of your sons, I might not do withal, for an they had been the next kin that I have, I might have done none otherwise. And if I had slain them by treason or treachery, I had been worthy to have died. All this I consider, said Sir Darius, that all that ye did was by force of knighthood, and that was the cause I would not put you to death. But sith ye be, Sir Tristram, the good knight, I pray you heartily to be my good friend and to my sons. Sir, said Sir Tristram, I promise you by the faith of my body, ever while I live I will do your service, for ye have done to us but as a natural knight ought to do. Then Sir Tristram reposed him there till that he was amended of his sickness, and when he was big and strong, they took their leave, and every knight took their horses, and so departed, and rode together till they came to a crossway. Now, fellows, said Sir Tristram, here will we depart in sundry ways. And because Sir Dinadan had the first adventure, of him I will begin. Chapter 41 So as Sir Dinadan rode by a well, he found a lady making great dole. "'What aileth you?' said Sir Dinadan. "'Sir Knight,' said the lady, "'I am the woefulest lady of the world, "'for within these five days "'here came a knight called Sir Bruce Saint-Pité, "'and he slew mine own brother, "'and ever since he hath kept me at his own will, "'and of all men in the world I hate him most, "'and therefore I require you of knighthood to avenge me, "'for he will not tarry, but be here anon.' "'Let him come.' said Sir Dinadan, and because of honor of all women, I will do my part. With this came Sir Bruce, and when he saw a knight with his lady, he was wood wroth. And then he said, Sir Knight, keep thee from me. So they hurtled together as thunder, and either smote other passing sore. But Sir Dinadan put him through the shoulder a grievous wound, and or even Sir Dinadan might turn him, Sir Bruce was gone and fled. Then the lady prayed him to bring her to a castle there beside but four-mile fence. And so Sir Dinadan brought her there, and she was welcome, for the lord of that castle was her uncle, and so Sir Dinadan rode his way upon his adventure. Now turn we this tale unto Sir Tristram, that by adventure he came to a castle to ask lodging, wherein was Queen Morgan le Fay. And so when Sir Tristram was let into that castle he had good cheer all that night, and upon the morn, when he would have departed, the queen said, Wit ye well, ye shall not depart lightly, for ye are here as a prisoner. Jesu, defend, said Sir Tristram, for I was but late a prisoner. Fair knight, 
said the queen, ye shall abide with me till that I wit what ye are and from whence ye come. And ever the queen would set Sir Tristram on her own side and her paramour on the other side. And ever Queen Morgan would behold Sir Tristram and thereat the knight was jealous and was in will suddenly to have run upon Sir Tristram with a sword, but he left it for shame. Then the queen said to Sir Tristram, Tell me thy name, and I shall suffer you to depart when ye will. Upon that covenant, I tell you my name is Sir Tristram de Leonis. Ah, said Morgan le Fay, and I had wist that. Thou shouldst not have departed so soon as thou shalt, but sithen, I have made a promise I will hold it. With that thou wilt promise me to bear upon thee a shield that I shall deliver thee, under the castle of the hard rock, where King Arthur had cried a great tournament, and there I pray you that ye will be, and to do for me as much needs of arms as ye may do. For at the castle of maidens, Sir Tristram, ye did marvellous deeds of arms as ever I heard knight do. Madam, said Sir Tristram, let me see the shield that I shall bear. Then the shield was brought forth, and the field was goldish, with a king and a queen therein painted, and a knight standing above them, one foot upon the king's head and the other upon the queen's. Madam, said Sir Tristram, this is a fair shield and a mighty, but what signifieth this king and this queen and the knights standing upon both their heads? I shall tell you, said Morgan le Fay, it signifieth King Arthur and Queen Guinevere and a knight who holdeth them both in bondage and in servage. Who is that knight? said Sir Tristram. That shall ye not wit at this time, said the queen. But as the French book saith, Queen Morgan loved Sir Launcelot best, and ever she desired him, and he would never love her nor do nothing at her request, and therefore she held many knights together for to have taken him by strength and because she deemed that Sir Launcelot loved Queen Guinevere paramour, and she him again, therefore Queen Morgan le Fay ordained that shield to put Sir Launcelot to a rebuke, to that intent that King Arthur might understand the love between them. Then Sir Tristram took that shield and promised her to bear it at the tournament at the castle of the Hard Rock. But Sir Tristram knew not that that shield was ordained against Sir Launcelot, but afterward he knew it. Chapter 42 so then Sir Tristram took his leave of the queen and took the shield with him. Then came the knight that held Queen Morgan le Fay. His name was Sir Hemison, and he made him ready to follow Sir Tristram. Their friend, said Morgan, ride not after that knight, for ye shall not win no worship of him. Fie on him, coward, said Sir Hemison, for I wist never good knight come out of Cornwall but if it were Sir Tristram de Leona's. What an that be he, said she. Nay, nay, said he. He's with La Belle Isoude, and this is but a daffish knight. Alas, my fair friend, ye shall find him the best knight that ever ye met withal, for I know him better than ye do. For your sake, said Sir Hemison, I shall slay him. Ah, fair friend, said the queen, me repenteth that ye will follow that knight, for I fear me sore of your again coming. 
With this, this knight rode his way wood wroth, and he rode after Sir Tristram as fast as he had been chased with knights. When Sir Tristram heard a knight come after him so fast, he returned about, and saw a knight come against him. And when he came nigh to Sir Tristram, he cried on high, Sir knight, keep thee from me. Then they rushed together as it had been thunder, and Sir Hemison brised his spear upon Sir Tristram, but his harness was so good that he might not hurt him. And Sir Tristram smote him harder, and bare him through the body, and he fell over his horse's croup. Then Sir Tristram turned to have done more with his sword, but he saw so much blood go from him that him seemed he was likely to die. And so he departed from him, and came to a fair manor to an old knight. And there Sir Tristram lodged. Chapter 43 Now leave to speak of Sir Tristram, and speak we of the knight that was wounded to the death. Then his varlet alighted, and took off his helm, and then he asked his lord whether there were any life in him. There is in me life, said the knight, but it is but little. And therefore leap thou up behind me when thou hast holden me up, and hold me fast that I fall not, and bring me to Queen Morgan le Fay, for deep draughts of death draw to my heart that I may not live, for I would fain speak with her or I die, for else my soul will be in great peril and I die. Forthwith, with great pain, his varlet brought him to the castle, and there Sir Hemison fell down dead. When Morgan le Fay saw him dead, she made great sorrow out of reason, and then she let despoil him unto his shirt, and so she let him put into a tomb. And about the tomb she let write, Here lieth Sir Hemison, slain by the hands of Sir Tristram de Leones. Now turn we unto Sir Tristram, that asked the knight his host if he saw late any knights adventurous. Sir, he said, the last night here lodged with me Hector de Maris, and a damsel with him, and that damsel told me that he was one of the best knights of the world. That's not so, said Sir Tristram, for I know four better knights of his own blood, and the first is Sir Launcelot du Lac, call him the best knight, and Sir Bors de Ganis, Sir Bleuberis, Sir Blamor de Ganis, and Sir Gaheris. Nay, said his host, Sir Gawain is a better knight than he. This is not so, said Sir Tristram, for I have met with them both, and I felt Sir Gaheris for the better knight, and Sir Lamorak I call him as good as any of them except Sir Launcelot. Why name ye not Sir Tristram, said his host, for I account him as good as any of them. I know not, Sir Tristram, said Sir Tristram. Thus they talked and boarded as long as them list, and then went to rest, and on the morn Sir Tristram departed, and took his leave of his host, and rode toward the Roche d'Our. And none adventure had Sir Tristram but that, and so he rested not till he came to the castle, where he saw five hundred tents. Chapter 44 Then the king of Scots and the king of Ireland held against King Arthur's knights, and there began a great medley. So came in Sir Tristram and did marvellous deeds of arms, for there he smote down many knights. And ever he was afore King Arthur with that shield. And when King Arthur saw that shield, he marveled greatly in what intent it was made. But Queen Guinevere deemed as it was, wherefore she was heavy. 
Then was there a damsel of Queen Morgan in a chamber by King Arthur, and when she heard King Arthur speak of that shield, then she spake openly unto King Arthur, Sir King, wit ye well this shield was ordained for you, to warn you of your shame and dishonor, and that longeth to you and your queen. And then anon that damsel picked her away privily, that no man wist where she was become. Then was King Arthur sad and wroth, and asked from whence came that damsel. There was not one that knew her, nor wist where she was become. Then Queen Guinevere called to her Sir Ector de Maris, and there she made her complaint to him, and said, I wot well this shield was made by Morgan le Fay, in despite of me and of Sir Launcelot, wherefore I dread me sore, lest I should be destroyed. And ever the king beheld Sir Tristram, that did so marvellous deeds of arms, that he wondered sore what knight he might be, and well he wist it was not Sir Launcelot, and it was told him that Sir Tristram was in Petit Britain with Isoude la Blanchemain, for he deemed, as he had been in the realm of Logris, Sir Launcelot or some of his fellows that were in the quest of Sir Tristram, that they should have found him or that time. So King Arthur had marvel what knight he might be, and ever Sir Arthur's eye was on that shield. All that espied the queen, and that made her sore afeard. Then ever Sir Tristram smote down knights wonderly to behold, what upon the right hand and upon the left hand, that uneth no knight might withstand him. And the king of Scots and the king of Ireland began to withdraw them. When Arthur espied that, he thought that that knight with the strange shield should not escape him. Then he called unto him Sir Uwaine le Blanchemin, and bade him arm him and make him ready. So anon King Arthur and Sir Uwaine dressed them before Sir Tristram, and required him to tell them where he had that shield. Sir, he said, I had it of Queen Morgan le Fay, sister unto King Arthur. So here endeth this history of this book, for it is the first book of Sir Tristram de Leonis, and the second book of Sir Tristram followeth. End of Book 9, Chapters 40 to 44 End of Le Mort d'Arthur, Volume 1 by Sir Thomas Mallory Recording by Tamaril from GodboxCafe.com